Do you guys want to do this show entirely in the German language? No. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, that's Clarendon for episode 224. We're back here in the studio. We'll be on the road next week, but this week we got a full crew intact across from me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, it's like day 87 where there's no sunshine. Well, no snow either. So uh, I'm not hating. I'm yeah. not ha- hating no, on it. No snow. But at this point, I I've know a lot of people spent, are disappointed. Well, I've spent money on snow boots <laughs> for the kids and mittens <laughs> you, and all this stuff. Got some really I just, nice I need, snow boots. I need, some, I need some reason to get them outside and build a snowman. <laughs> That's true. There, there are some really nice snow boots that are unused at our house. All right. To our left, uh, our other co host, William Docs. Docs, what's up? Well, I think it's notable to mention that I'm in a good mood today. That's good. That's good. I was. I actually didn't want to say anything because I thought it might make you in a bad mood if right. I mentioned it. Don't but jinx this it. Is, this is great. No, I, I mean, most of the time I'm faking it. Uh, today, this is real. I like to think that you get you, you actually gain gain good moodiness. Right, right, because of because us. Because of us, like well, we bring the mood up. You you think he doesn't see people that much, so the fact <laughs> that he sees people should get him in a better mood. That's true. Yeah. I well, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't really like talking to you guys before the show starts, and then afterwards, I hate like separating. So right. there's some truth to that. <laughs> right. right. All right, we got a big show uh, to get to. This is our last show before we head to Atlanta. We'll be headed out there, Docs and I, on Thursday. Julie will be headed out there Friday. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing a show in front of a live audience on Friday afternoon, and this sh- that show will be uh, taped for you on Monday if you can't make it to the trials or you can't make to see us in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be tweeting out where we are and all the particulars. <laughs> uh, it's going to be like a, uh, an online scavenger hunt, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah <laughs> to find us for this live show. We're at the American Hotel in downtown Atlanta. Um, yeah, I, I think that might be where we're recording as well. That's my favorite country. Uh, <laughs> but as for today, uh, we, we do have a big show. Excited to have uh, uh, a really uh, neat guest. Uh, Dan Yee will be joining us. He is a local runner who has gone through some injury issues. Uh, he, he was a, a guy who did a lot of mileage, a lot of running, a guy I've run with a lot, uh, and had an interesting knee surgery recently that will hopefully get him on track uh, for running. He's a listener of the program, and he's he's just got a lot of local running to talk about, a lot of lo- local running uh, information and topics that we can discuss with Dan. So excited to have Dan on the show today. Uh, he runs with uh, the dojo, and we're going to ask him about that as well. Also in today's program, a major marathon canceled, like a nightmare scenario uh, for a major marathon that I want to talk about on today's program. Uh, Also today, we want to get to some of the tweets that uh, we haven't talked about or haven't gotten to in a while, so we're going to discuss those. Uh, We've got Dox's uh, rant of the week as well. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, so it's a a big show uh, to get to. Um, but before we do that, and before we get to Dan, um, you know, there's one reality show. I know Survivor's happening right now. Doc. Oh, my yeah. God. My hopes were so up. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Survivor's happening now. It's the the um, it's the the show with all the former champions. Oh, I with Survivor? Are we really talking about Survivor? This well, is so exciting. Yes, they brought back twenty winners mm-hmm. uh, to compete against each other. So everybody playing this year is just winners. Okay. Got it. All right. So are you, you're deep into the Survivor. I can't believe you want to talk about this. this well, was, I want to talk like, about another reality oh, okay. show. I want to segue from that. Well, let's that put a pin in this. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, spoiler alert. I plan on talking about this later. Uh, okay, okay. So, yes. Okay, so Survivor's happening. The reality yes. show that Julie and I watch uh, is The, the Bachelor. Ba- the Bachelor, <laughs> yeah. This is also a Such version trash. of Survivor. <laughs> Such <laughs> yeah, trash. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and this week's uh, Bachelor, you got Pilot Pete, who's competing for uh, the hearts of... Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> no, they're all competing for the for, heart uh, of Pilot, Pilot Pete. Pete. He's down to the final four. Uh, one of the final four uh, contestants is a uh, daughter of Auburn, uh, a coach on the Auburn basketball team. I'm not sure the coach's name, but Bruce Pearl is the head coach of the Auburn basketball team. What is the point of this? So yeah, I'm point, actually wondering this <laughs> too. <laughs> The point is, I wanted to just crowbar this in because I thought this was interesting. So, we could uh, be talking about Survivor. We, we could be, we could be. So, so they do the show this past week, mm-hmm. and they bring Pete and uh, I think that what's the the girl's name? You remember Diane? The girl. Just go, just plow through <laughs> yeah. this. Do you remember the the girl's name? Who is the Auburn girl? Is it Madison? It's uh, Madison. It's Madison. Okay. Are there like <laughs> seventeen Madisons in the house? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Uh, Hannah's and Madison's are all on the show. So they go to Auburn and they actually are on the court and Bruce Pearl walks out. And the first thing he says is, wow, Madison, this is your second final four of the year because she makes the final four of The Bachelor and then Auburn made the final four mm-hmm. of uh, the uh, the, t- the Against your UVA hoops. And, and UVA beat Auburn. Right. Um, and put them out but they did make the yeah. final four UVA so do you th- is there four. a girl is there a girl in the final four from uva <laughs> no there because <laughs> if she is she's probably she, going to be I the winner she, yeah i yeah. put some money on that <laughs> so they're they're uh they're at auburn they're playing basketball they're doing all these bits he's taking half court shots bruce mm-hmm. pearl gives him a pep talk all this stuff and then they show them walking around auburn and all these things that uh, are are auburn auburn alabama related my question to you guys is Julie looks at me like, what are you getting to here? Get to the point. What do you think? What do you think that they paid? What do you think that the bachelor paid Auburn? Uh, for that access? For, for that access. I, I hope a lot of money. I would have thought too. None? When did They didn't pay anything? No, they did. Oh, when, okay. when did you know the answer to this question? I do question? know the answer. Okay. When did this was they, shocking to me. When did they film it? Uh, a good a question. They f- filmed it in November. So so before the basketball season started before the basketball actually it was in October good 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 point it was okay. October cuz Bruce Pearl wouldn't have time to do all those bets right. beforehand yeah. but it was in October before the season had started it was an off football uh, weekend I'm going to guess so $125,000 that's what I would have guessed something around that I would have said 100 100,000 20k $2,000 that's so that's funny all, that's all that it cost 2000 let's do, let's take the show to there yeah. let's take actually, the show to to Auburn can, can, can we? Um, I know. Can we take our Let's show? Take fascination. And they Auburn. also taped up the uh, Under, the Under Armour, Armour logo. logos. Yeah. yeah, that they were all wearing. But didn't you say you caught well, one caught of the one scenes? that they? I'm surprised they, they didn't edit that it. out. Oh, yeah. busted! Yeah. 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 Um, we're even better. I thought than you that. were going to talk about the fact that they were making out at half court in the middle of the floor. It was lame. And I was like, yeah. if I was her dad, I'd be like, <laughs> I gross. I now every time I hop on the court, I think about my daughter making out on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to burn that school. <laughs> it, only, it only cost him two grand. 
I was like, can we get the Bachelor on Pace the Nation? Yeah, but the, I mean that's good publicity. I guess you know what the not, deal is. Let's it's not publicity. get the Bachelor on Pace the Nation. <laughs> I guess it's, it's a pu- two way street. It's publicity for Auburn. I well, guess. we do have the old Bachelor contestant that opened up. What's the restaurant? Right. Yeah. Right. Good uh, point. Oh, he's the bracket guy. Room. He's bracket the guy room. who drives yes. around in a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think he was. He's overcompensating because I don't. <laughs> I mean, not in that. You know, he you, was on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. He yeah, ended up I, leaving with the girl Katie. Yeah. They broke up. Not Guys, so long after. Let's stop <laughs> this. Sorry. Our guest is waiting. Yeah. All right. Anyways, it was two grand. Can you believe that? I was like, how can we do something in Auburn or somewhere? Or I wonder how much UVA would cost. We should find out. I was thinking of bringing Pace the Nation, but you're probably right that Pace the Nation asks. It's probably about uh, $100,000. It's 125 Yeah. <laughs> it's not the two grand that. Well, okay. So uh, f- to that point, if you guys could go to my GoFundMe, <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to make we this funding? dream a reality. What are we funding? What? We're going to go to Auburn, yeah. and we, we need to raise $125,000. Why would we do that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. I want to crowbar it in, so I mm-hmm. did. All right. We got uh, also interesting uh, an interesting guest coming up here. Excited to be joined in studio. Next, local runner, local legend runner, Dan Yee. He joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, Julie, we are excited to be joined by a friend of ours. Well, friend of mine, for sure. <laughs> friend of the program. Friend of the program. He's a listener. I-, I wanted to call him a running legend, but he's a local runner. Dan Yee joins us. Dan, Hi. how are you? Hi. Good, have, have you ever good. been described as a local running legend? No. 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 I've no. been described as a local runner. Local, a local runner. Running yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Co- coined on this show now. So yeah. Yes. We go. Yeah. Well, you're you are a big time runner in the area. Uh, you've been running in the D.C. area for for a long time now. Yeah. Um, went to high school here. Went to yeah. high school here. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you go? To, where'd you go to high school? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas I, Jefferson. I was a. Uh, I'd like to think I was a rival of Alan Webb's, but I don't think he <laughs> thought of it that way. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. We well, ran at the same ran, time. Ran yeah, in yeah. the same yeah. races, and uh, yeah, you didn't have quite the. Uh, career that alan webb did but you're you know you're you know got up there hey hey i mean if you and alan webb you know lined up in a marathon last year or two a couple years ago i'd probably take you so uh yeah you ran it to thomas jefferson ran ran high school track and cross country at thomas jefferson Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. uh went to william mary did not run there or did you run that's right right very briefly but basically no yeah yeah. okay and uh now you're an attorney here locally and Who was the coach at, at uh, William & Mary when you were there? Oh, what's his name? Um, yep. Uh, Walt, boy, I can't even Walt remember. Walt Drenth? Walt no, Drenth? no, it was no? after Drenth. It yeah. was um, the guy who went to Stanford. Uh, Andy, Andy, Andy Gerard. Andy Gerard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Andy Gerard. Okay. Yeah. He's a nice George guy. Mason now. Yeah. He's really yeah. good. He was yeah. a very good, good coach. Good coach. He's a yeah. good coach. We should get him on the program sometime. We should. Uh, you know what? Charlie Ban, who was on last week, mentioned that we should get Andy on. So we will get Andy on um, after the trials. And... We're kind of taking a break from the trials talk, although I want to touch on the trials with Dan has that, here. Has that trials fever broken? Yeah, it's not quite. quite it is not broken. Uh, I not hope not. broken yet. We're going to be Atlanta next week, and we'll talk oh, okay. a little trials with, with Dan as well. But Dan, I appreciate you coming on the show. I wanted to talk to you about your injury. Um, I was really disappointed to find out, because Dan and I run together at times, that uh, you have this debilitating injury injury um so tell us a little about the injury because you know i think all runners can relate to 
you know, being injured or being on the cusp of being injured. And uh, so what are you dealing with now and what you just had surgery and t- tell us kind of about that. Yeah, like two, about a year and a half ago, um, like a lot of people, I started having like a little bit of a knee problem, right? Mm-hmm. And my knee would just kind of ache a little bit. And honestly, you know, ever since I was like 16 years old, my knee kind of bothered me a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, like when I was 16, I snuck out of my parents' house to run like the Marine Corps Marathon. And ever since then, like literally ever since then, I've had so like... So you ran kind of a, Marine Corps wait, at 16? Yeah, a terrible wait, idea. That's, very bad idea. Let's back up. Yeah, let's right. not just gloss over this. <laughs> 16-year-old banditing the Marine Corps Marathon. He's not banditing. They oh, will wow. let you run. It's, they will let you run when you are under 18. I don't know if that's still true, but you could at the time. Yeah. So did your parents but, literally did not know? What no, they didn't let me, except right. I snuck out of the window and like so got in the car and took the metro in. You, you asked for permission and, and uh, they said, no, you can't do it. Yeah, so they were like, it's a terrible out. idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were right. They were right. totally yes. right. You've yeah. had knee surgery yeah. now because yeah. you ran the marathon at 16. I did it on like all of 30 miles a week of like high school cross country running. Wow. You know? And um, yeah. And then I, so I ran that. And ever since then, I just had like all sorts of like knee problems. But then I, I, it was all bearable for a while. But then about like a year and a half ago, it started getting really bad. And I finally went in and I got an MRI and they said like, you've got this bone bruise on your knee. And uh, hold on. So, so Dan, uh, just a little bit. I mean, Dan, you've run ultras, yeah. you know, you've run a lot of mileage over, yep. over the years. And, um, you know, so you run marathons, ultra marathons. And, you know, what type of mileage were you running before you had this surgery? Like 90 to 100 a week okay. or so, something okay. like that. So, like, pretty pretty heavy, right? right? And it was pretty heavy for about probably nine or ten years, you know, okay. because it was trying to be competitive at these longer races. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, it started, like, just aching. Uh, mm-hmm. I found out I had this bone bruise and then, um, you know, the bone bruise wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. And then like, I finally got it scoped because it just wouldn't get better. Mm-hmm. And the doctor here found out like, Hey, uh, you know, you're missing a big patch of cartilage, right? Where you should have cartilage, right? Like the wrapping around the bottom of your femur, basically, uh, which is called articular cartilage. Mm. And so there's a big chunk of it missing. And okay. he was like, all right, you don't really have any good options, you know. Um, and he said, like, for most people, I would just tell them, like, don't do anything, right? Because none of the surgical options that are available are really, like, all that great. Nothing's a sure shot. And, you know, um, for, you can walk still. You can, like, swim. You can do all these other things. You can't run, but you can do, like, 90% of the that's rest of the That's a horrible other diagnosis. I mean, that's, <laughs> that is not acceptable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but I'm sure for a lot of uh, patients, that's, for, you know. For, for most people, I mean, that, that might be okay. Actually, for most people, they might enjoy hearing from the doctor, you can't run. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I, I might be one of those people. <laughs> yeah, right. Can Julie see your doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Julie's like taking notes. Dan, what doctor is that? Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's like the absolute worst thing to hear. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah and I can relate to I love the 90 to 100 mile weeks. I see, we're just bringing in guests that I can just completely relate to. Uh, I'm starting to sound like it's all about you. Yeah, probably, I, don't, I don't know if you're. Let's just gloss over these booking? 90, okay. 100 yeah, miles okay. for you. All right. Come yeah, on. yeah, let's let's be honest. I'm. I have You're not the, relating in that no, way. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. correct. All right. So sorry to de- yeah. de- 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 uh, derail your story here, Dan. So but it won't be the last <laughs> time. Yes. So yeah. So uh, so that wasn't all that great for no. me as an option. And so then he did say that there were things that 
could be done though. It's just that like none of them were like really that great. Like right. all of them were like had downsides, pros and cons, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And so then, but he he said like if you want to do something about it, you you can't just sit and it's not going to just get better. Right? right, cartilage doesn't doesn't grow back. Repair itself. Okay. Um, so then it was really a question of like what do I do now? And I wish I could say that I like engaged in this really in depth study of like oh what's the best next move and etc etc instead i just kind of asked around and i just asked a bunch of friends like who's actually like a good surgeon right like who's actually the best person at this thing Mm -hmm. and i found out there's this guy in and in fact jen my partner uh was on social media i think actually i think she's on like shalane flanagan's feed and she said you wouldn't believe it like shalane flanagan just had knee surgery and it was something pretty serious it was something like her patellar tendon was like almost coming off the bone or something it was pretty bad and she said he she went to this guy um named robert laprade out in in at the time he was in colorado mm-hmm. and so then i did some research on him and it turns out he's like one of the top people for knee cartilage stuff like wow everybody who's anybody goes to him like Lindsay vaughn went to him after her her big like skiing yep, accident that's right like all these um uh, th- there's another uh wade van Niekirk, mm-hmm. the the uh, sprinter yeah. he went to him and and you know all the series of people went to him so he and, deals with the star athletes. Yeah. And did Shalane, after Shalane's surgery, did she run? Did she retire after that, or did she? She she I think didn't exactly retire right after that. Okay. But then like she she is retired now. Right. So, so sure. eventually you know, but it, but it was a pretty bad. I think her knees were in pretty bad shape. Right. Um. You know, and I and I have to say one thing that did kind of worry me is that there's all these string of the string of people who are like terrific, like really really impressive people who went to go to this guy to get their career saved, right? And, right. and never competed again. And they never competed again. I was like, oh, wait, well, so let's right. see. Wade Van Niekirk hasn't really run since yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, Shalane hasn't run since this then. This occurred to like, you before or after your surgery? <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's like they go to him when it's a long shot, right? Sure. Like when they okay. go and they've got no other shot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and he's Boy, really... what a reputation this doctor has. <laughs> like even, <laughs> even with his string of screw-ups, people still oh, think no. highly of him. Oh, no. no, he's great. <laughs> He's, he, he, I think he really actually knows what he's doing. But again, he's just working on these pretty tough cases. And it's tough, especially when you're talking about distance running, to, to come back at a competitive level when you have anything done like that, right? right. Because mm-hmm. to get back up to that heavy load, uh, it's pretty tough. So yeah, I, I, I went out and I booked an appointment with him. Uh, so he was in Colorado at He the had time moved or? to Minneapolis okay. just in the meanwhile, like right after <laughs> the surgery with Shalane. Wow. And so I go out to see him. And he says, yeah, we can do like... There is an option. It's it's actually has a pretty good chance of success, like eighty percent chance you'll get back to um, being able to run. And he said, like eighty uh, percent of people who get this done, they they're able to get back to being able to run, even when you have like arthritis, like mm-hmm. pretty bad knee arthritis, which is basically what I had, which I didn't want to hear when I was like thirty eight years old. You have right. like an, an arthritic knee. Um, so then, uh, yeah, I, I he says there's this procedure we can we can do. The upside is 80% chance you'll, you'll get back to running. Downside is it's a one-year rehab. And it's oh, like, uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty involved. Like the procedure is pretty involved. Um, and so then, I mean, for me, it wasn't really, there wasn't really a debate about it. it oh, you hear right, 80%. Right. I mean, yeah. But, man. but even one, one option is one-year rehab. The other option is no running at all ever. Right, forever. <laughs> exactly. So, so it wasn't really that tough yeah. of a call, right? Right. But, uh, but what was involved is that um instead of like 
putting a knee replacement in where they bolt in like a metal part mm-hmm. or instead of doing like microfracture where they like chisel like pick at your bone to cause it to freak out and then like grow some like uh basically scar tissue in your mm-hmm. in your knee uh this was taking the part of my knee that didn't have cartilage that should have cartilage basically the part part where there's like a pothole they take it they take a drill and core it out mm-hmm. and they remove a plug that plug then they take a core, that same core from a knee doppelganger, like a donor knee that's the exact same dimensions as my knee. They core out that same part, and then they take a mallet and knock it in. Like, All right, there's a lot here. <laughs> there is a lot. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, so, how do you get intense. a knee doppelganger? Yeah, 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 exactly. Where are these donors? Well, it's I mean, it's organ So it's an organ. When yeah. you sign up to be an organ donor, right. you can... Donate your cartilage and your yeah. knee. It's, a, it's an organ wow. donor, not an organ. Organ. <laughs> From yeah. Eugene, Oregon. Right, right. This this is a really, wow. like, this was my first dip into the world of being an organ recipient. Sure. And it's really intense. Like, it's there, you get put on a waiting list, and they say, look, you're going to have about a week's notice mm-hmm. to fly out back out here. And then, like, because we have to keep it fresh. And um, yeah, and it's just a waiting game. But but is now? I mean, I know we're like <laughs> blood type for like my my dad had a kidney transplant, and they had oh, to yeah. have the, the, well, the you know the the, right. the blood type had to be the same. But like, what is the so I f- I feel like I'm vibing with you a little bit on the doppelganger on the on like yeah. a kidney side or a liver transplant, but. What does the doppelganger have to be to for on the knee side? I mean, do they have to be like, um, I don't know, an active person and that knee would work? Or <laughs> right. can it be any knee can be a doppelganger? Any, or, probably the dimensions. Probably it, it's a be. dimension. It's okay. a physical dimension. So okay. that like so the plug got, they put in has to sort of roughly contour to the same shape okay. of your knee. Okay. Because your knee is like pretty a pretty funky thing it's like sure. a lot of stuff is happening in there like the kneecap is flying all over the place like uh you know there's a Don't lot of ligaments <laughs> it all like it all is just like really uh like a very complicated thing sure um and so they have to find something that's going to pl- fit in there and still let the knee sort of work correctly so yeah they it's they it, but you don't need yeah. like a blood match okay, or anything right. it's all just like mineral at that point it's just like bone that they're plugging in where you grow into the bone almost like a coral reef. Like mm. they they rinse out all the biological material in the that bone so and then cool. stick it in, and then like yeah. you, the bone becomes you, right? And right. because it has cartilage already attached to it, basically you get a pretty normal knee at the end of it. But after your it all fuses up, you know, like I, the bone has to fuse wow. up. Before before the show, before you guys arrived, I was telling Julie that that technology has ruined this world. Uh, <laughs> I, I think after this story, I have to take that back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the parking technology. The parking technology is awful, right, right, but right. but this sounds really awesome. Yeah. And obviously, this is a procedure that was not being done 50 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, most of the doctors I talk to who aren't like orthopedic surgeons mm-hmm. had don't have any clue that th- this is actually happening. I mean, right. the, for the rule of thumb is generally um if you're not an orthopedic surgeon the rule of thumb is like look if you have knee arthritis like if you have a cartilage issue in your knee that's the end of it right like there's not much they can do outside on outside of a knee replacement so this wow. was um there are definitely a lot of things that that people are doing it's just uh, pretty intense and it's almost like um you know when it was described to me it sounded like really medieval it sounded like this is what you know somebody like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, right yeah. right uh to solve this problem but um, apparently, yeah, the, the stats are pretty good for it. So, all right. So you, you find out, all right, I got to be out to Minneapolis yeah. or is it Minneapolis? Yeah. You say? All yeah. right, so you got to be out to Minneapolis because they've got the match 
and they give you a, a week, uh, yeah. a week, week's notice. So it, you, you're kind of standing by right. until this happens. Can, right? can you tell true? us the timeline? Like, so you you have your first appointment. Yeah. And then how long did you wait? Yeah. Well, I had a I, I went out to to get a consult in the beginning just to right. sort of talk over the problem, the issues. Mm-hmm. And then they they went in and did another scope because he wanted to go in and just size up the situation mm-hmm. and make sure like everything like the size of the thing and also like make sure that there wasn't cartilage issues on my kneecap and all this other stuff mm-hmm. so i have that done in when was that um i think i had that done in in a, the summertime like june or, or july so i'm out okay. in minneapolis for like a, a, a few days then to get that done right and you're not running at all at this no point, no right? not yeah, at yeah, all it's not right again. okay yeah um i like i the way i describe it like if i absolutely had to to save my life if i had to like run a block i could do it at the time you with like searing pain right. i could do it but right. yes i could do it right um but uh not you know not it, it felt pretty bad um so then i, I went out for the scope Scopes are super easy. Like those are like, you know, you're in and out. And, um, and I came back from that. They figured out like exactly what was going on in my knee and put me on this list. And then it was a, a, a waiting game. Um, it could have been as soon as four weeks after I had this scope because that's, they have to like give it time to calm down before they go back into the knee. Uh, or it could be all the way up until six months. Um, I think around six months is when they were like, if it takes six months, we're not quite sure if your knee is in the same shape as when we last were mm-hmm. in there and looking at it. So that's when they get a little antsy. Um, and it was like at five months that I finally got the call. So like five wow. months wow. after the scope. So it was right at the end. And I every every month I was like, like is this dying. the month? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. right. Waiting. So yeah. And, and in some ways I was like looking forward to it because then I at least would be heading in a positive direction. Starting or, that process, yeah. 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 Uh, but then um, in other ways, I was really like dreading it because I knew- Going under the knife. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's always scary. Yeah. And and also like that I would be, you know, incapacitated. They said you're going to be on crutches for 10 weeks. And, um, and then after that, you're going to be in rehab working on this for a year. And then after 12 months after the surgery, you'll be able to get back to full activity and, and everything like that. Yeah. So, so surgery happened in, in, so you get the call in January, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you, you get a flight to Minneapolis and, um, like, what's the, what's the, like, take me through like what you're, you're, I mean, it's probably like negative 100 degrees <laughs> there, and it's like, you know, right, what are you doing? You hanging out in the Mall of America? Then you go to the the appointment. Like, what are you what are you doing? Like, it, tell me exactly what you did when you got there, and how long uh, when you got there until you did the surgery? Yeah, so we land. Uh, we landed on like a Monday, and the surgery was scheduled for Tuesday. Okay, and we we land, and literally as we're flying to Minneapolis and we're landing, I'm on the phone with the the doctor's office making some last minute kind of scheduling things mm-hmm. and the people who are sitting in the the seat next to us on the plane on the plane uh start laughing right they're, they're like overhearing the conversation <laughs> and they're actually going to see the same surgeon right really? like no. the same guy <laughs> on a flight from dc to wow. minneapolis and, and they're going for their like three month post-operative visit or something no way and so it was like really funny that that uh, what are the odds Bunch of nosy people um <laughs> <laughs> but it just tells you like i mean the number of people who come in from out of town to see this one guy is sort yeah, of right. like uh, incredible. All coming from it's a DC. plane full of yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> running population here. Yes, there so, are a lot of runners here. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I, I go in. I get this like final pre-operative visit. Then the next morning at like five in the morning, I'm in the hospital getting prepped, and I'm yeah. you know uh, 
going under the knife. And then it's it's outpatient. Like after maybe no 45 minutes, they're done. You know, wow. it's it's pretty quick. You know, wow. uh, admittedly, they, they use things that look like very sterilized versions of like garden tools to do the work, but it's quick. It's like zip, zip. And Wait, then... you're not you're not awake. When oh, you're no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I just but... watched. I made the terrible mistake. Yeah, this I is an advice. The you got tool. the video? A bad mistake for anyone to do is to watch a video of the same procedure they're having yeah, done. On, like, oh. You can watch a video of it. I no. watched it after I had it done. Mm-hmm. Had I watched it ahead of time, you I would have, have probably it. thought twice about having right. it done because wow. it's, it was pretty intense. I mean, uh-huh. it's... Uh, uh, it, yeah, you see a lot of drilling and you see a lot of like, mm. uh, you hear a lot of like high whining noises that you never want associated with, with your yourself. body in any no. way. Right. Oh, so, geez, man. but um, you didn't get a video of your own surgery. No, no. I got photos though. And you if you'd photos. like to see the photos, you I'm can. Good. I would. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. not. And they're, not they're intense. I mean, these yeah. are, these I bet are, they are, yeah. Um, and, and so they, uh, so then like I wake up at like 11 in the morning, I just, go home uh, uh jen is out there with me my partner yeah. is out there with me and she drives she's driving around uh, another tip for people visiting minneapolis in the winter time is like don't cheap out on the rental car so we got like a kia rio as our <laughs> rental car not it was like and i was like wow it's such a good deal like yeah. they're like it's like 15 bucks a day right like why is everything else so much more expensive and so we get this and 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 so jen who doesn't really drive we live in the city she sure. doesn't drive much she is is like navigating this Kia Rio through one foot snow in Minneapolis oh. with a guy in her, in the back seat with like who just had knee surgery, right? Yeah, so like, out of it. It's like and if go, there's like it's a, like our go kart, our go kart sliding it, it, all over yeah. the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if there's like an accident, like it would be like really bad, right? right. Like particularly bad. Um, yeah. And so anyway, uh, and then like. Uh, that was it. I, I just, we had an Airbnb. I just mm-hmm. stayed there. Uh, they put you in a continuous passive motion machine, one of those things that move your leg yep. up and down. Uh, so I was in that for most of the day. And then you just go to PT every day. Like so, they set you up with PT So how long until you could fly out? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two so weeks. you were there yeah. for wow. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. you know, we, we were, we got an Airbnb across the street from like a pie shop. Mm-hmm. And so I had every slice of pie that this pie shop offered. <laughs> Which one like was twice. your favorite? Which one was your favorite? Uh, you know, I got to say banana cream is wow. not a pie that I, I uh-huh. thought I'd like. It's delicious. It's banana also a very good a pie one. for comedy. <laughs> banana cream Are you pie. used to one that? One of the ones that got yeah. thrown a lot, like yeah. banana cream pies in the face. Yeah. Uh, You'd be lucky to have one thrown at it. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah. It's a good pie. It's a good pie. Um, so, so how did Jen Tox, like? Yeah. If you're willing, I'll take a cream, banana cream pie, pie to the in face. the face, yes. Uh, in our live broadcast at the trial, somebody yeah. bring a banana, <laughs> banana uh, cream That would pie. be a good snack yes, to bring. Would, uh, how did Jen, I mean, I assume she was running those two weeks. How did yeah. she like the running well, the January best, and, and this was really cool. The the PT, like the, the, the surgeon's practice also has like a whole PT practice built up with it. And it's like this really fancy PT clinic and they have altergies there. Mm-hmm. And she, they let her just jump on the altergy while I was getting PT. So they were wow. like, you know, two for one, right? That's like, awesome. Two that's, for one. So that's awesome. That's, that is so cool. Here in DC, she pays like two bucks oh, a yeah, minute for altergy yeah. time. So, so um, uh, so does she need the altergy because she's dealing with an injury? Yeah, or, she's or, always dealing with some yeah, injury or yeah. another. But now yeah. you can uh, uh, find uh, – Charlie just recently tweeted out a story about uh, uh, Dan's partner, Jen, yeah. who trained for the Olympic trials. Uh, you can find that at Run Washington. And she went out to Flagstaff and put her job on hold. Yeah. And 
just missed oh, it, right? Yeah, she. Uh, so she got literally, I think, a week before her race. She was on like one of these just shakeout runs yeah. and just slipped a little bit and mm. kind of pulled her hamstring oh. and uh, w- then you know went into like full crisis mode like, like she went to John Ball and she yeah. did like the whole nine yards she was right, kind of right. doing everything and then um, yeah then she went to the race and and uh, decided to still run CIM right? CIM yep. but she decided like okay you know I don't think it's a good idea to go all out in this one because she thought she'd still have another couple opportunities uh, to run the the standard um, so she, she went out pretty conservative and then in the second pa- half really picked it up and I, she ran a 247, mm. but only because she ran the first half pretty conservative. Right. And, you know, um, I, I think that if she hadn't tweaked her hamstring and just w- felt confident running like her intended race, like it, to me, it's pretty clear she would have made and, it. And so. Jen is, you can, you can read all about it again at Run Washington. Jen's a star runner locally, and uh, this would have been her first Olympic trials yeah. at 47. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and the shame of it is that, you know, I mean, she was like a four-time All-American in college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still when, at Haverford where she went, you know, we go into the field house, and her time is like by far yeah. the oldest one still right, standing. Right, it's right. a 20-year record, right? right? And, um, you know, uh, after she graduated – the standard was like 255 or something. It was like 250. It was like 250. She could have done that. She would, no oh, I mean, that's like nothing. That would have been a layup, right? And so she right. could have probably made three right. Olympic trials. Right. And then it got to the point where they dialed it down to yeah. 249, 245. And then, you know, at that point, you know, it's like her chart, her her, her uh, performance chart is like trending up and the time is trending down mm-hmm. and now like that one race cim was like the inflection point between where her sort of like kind of age curve is going up and her performance is like getting a little slower versus like that that uh the time's going down that was like the perfect moment for her to still make it and so yeah she yeah. It, but that's really something that she she uh uh it's really amazing that that you know uh, uh she got so close Absolutely. and you know i mean that the, the last few years she's just been like running incredibly like she's been running i think she ran a 10k pr actually in the last two years and she had like she ran a 10k like school record sure in college and she broke that That's like awesome. in in you know the last two years all right dan so we're going to be at the olympic trials uh oh, next yeah. week uh really excited about uh doing a broadcast with our our partner brooks um You've got a wacky. I, I, wacky. Uh, I don't know if it's wacky, but I want you to share this idea as we transition, kind of from your injury uh, talk. We're, we're talking here with a running legend, local running legend, Dan Yee, um, running guy, yeah, underground running legend, guy. <laughs> underground legend. Uh, you got a wacky idea for the Olympic trials. Um, if you don't mind share, if it's not proprietary, <laughs> if you don't mind like putting it out there for the audience, uh, share it with Julian Docks. So I have a couple, but yeah. but one came about. So I worked at the Track and Field Association way back in the day when I was in law school. I, I worked there one summer, and one of the ideas that we we cooked up. Um, this is now. 13 years ago, was to turn the trials into this massive celebration of distance running. So basically, like, you know, with the trials, we kept on saying, oh, how can we make it faster and faster and faster? How can we make the standard, like, better and better and better? Um, And, you know, the powers that be really sort of had been doing that relentlessly over time. Our idea was, like, why don't we go the opposite way? Why don't we go, like, 245 gets you in if you're a guy and two, uh, 255 or three hours gets you in if you're a woman and we have like 10,000 people make it 
the requirements are that you have to be a member of the track and field association, number one, to run See, it. See, he's trying to get membership yeah, up. So, like so to that. drive up yeah. membership. And number two, the idea is like every single person who runs the trials will be like a fan for life. Like they are going to be like an engaged person who's a fan of the sport forever, right? Like you've got them then, right? And um, really make it meaningful and make it every four years where it's this meaningful sort of like um, celebration <clears throat> that's more impressive than say getting into Boston like you know mm -hmm. right now we have like and and really the the observation was that if you're a distance runner and a serious marathoner you have boss you have finishing a marathon number one sure. I think that's like a huge accomplishment yep. a huge milestone for people I think for if you're a guy breaking well qualifying for Boston is probably number two yep. uh, as as far as like the next step and then maybe breaking three hours is sure. the next one and then what's after that it's like Running 219 is like about the other, <laughs> is like the right. next step. That's a huge right. sort of stepwise jump you'd have to make for the next meaningful accomplishment. And so the idea was like, why don't we actually create an opportunity for people to to engage with uh, with this whole thing, this whole like uh, um, distance running movement in a more like direct and immediate way that's a little more like, um, uh, and make it really big, just blow it out. As so, a huge event. so if you did this, then you could you couldn't do loops like they're Correct. doing now. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You'd, you'd have yeah. like a twenty six point two mile course. Yeah. Right. You'd flood a city with right. with runners, and you'd make it a traveling four year thing that goes mm -hmm. around to different cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so a couple, and I like the out of the outside the box thinking here. I, I don't. I, I mean, I think Julie's uh, looking like she wants to shoot it down. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it, well, it was. She's down, probably so on. Yeah. She's yeah. probably on some committee that could yeah. vote on this. But um, if I am a two forty five marathoner, yeah. I'm really excited about watching it. So. I'm not going to get to see uh, our guy, Jared Ward, because I'm going to be running at the same time yeah. as him or, or Rupp or whoever you're a fan of. Those guys up top and the, the women up top, uh, you know, our friend Molly Huddle and whoever else. We're not going to be able to see him. We're going to be running a 245 marathon in that. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be my, as a big fan of the sport, I can't wait for next Saturday. So... What do you say to that? You know, I got to I have to say, I mean, I don't know how many people fall into that category okay. right now, right? Like I think it's a pretty thin slice of mm -hmm. of the public right now who's really really engaged in this from a spectator perspective. Hmm. I wish that was different, right? Like I completely wish that was different. And I think that there are also things that we could do to make that more meaningful and make that better. Uh, but really like when you think about long-term like fan engagement or, or long-term like participant engagement i do think that participation itself is a one driver and one way to do that and it might be that you do it one time right mm -hmm. like you just do it one time to say hey you've done it and um and then again like and then you might not do it again after that and then you're a lifelong fan uh julie yeah here we go I here's know. the way in here <laughs> yeah. yeah um i think it's two different things that you're talking about right because i think that when you're speaking about um getting people more engaged, you're also at the same time saying that those are the people who are not engaged with the front part of the race, right? So if they're not engaged with the front part of the race and then they're going there and still not engaging with the front part of the race, they're just going there as their own experience, there's still that disconnect, right? So we're still not creating more fans, we're just inviting the fans into the same exact space. It'd be like if we were to have a, a pro baseball game and uh, Major League downtown and we have you know, 20 games before the seven o'clock or seven to five game that night. And with, people with could like all be out on the field. Players. Yeah. Like that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think there's 
ways, and I, I'm maybe I'm not creative enough, but um, I think there's more that we could do to leverage the sport so that we are creating more fans. But I've always felt that there's that road racing is like two sports in and of itself, and track and field is a completely different sport. So, like in road racing, you could probably, you know, talk to any person that's out on the street on a Saturday morning getting ready for Marine Corps, and they may they probably don't know who Des Davila is. That's probably true. Or Des Linden. Right. Um, and that's crazy, right? Because that's the same sport. But you really have And that's kind of what Dan is suggesting, too, yeah. that, that uh, there isn't but you're that then in, then you're engaging them in the same space, but it's still not creating more fans. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. That, that would be my concern. Well, I think his idea is that, that after they have that experience, right. then, the, then the, the next cycle, when they don't go, right. they're more interested in it. Right. Yeah, but be- it's not necessarily any different than running New York City, which is the same. You're still in the same race with the elites or the same race at Boston, right? Well, but I mean, if you think about it, I do sort of think, I mean, Boston is a great example where you look at people walking around and you go to like a race expo and the number of people who wear like a Boston marathon jacket is kind of astonishing, right? And I think that people have mixed feelings about this. Obviously, like, you know, um, uh, it's almost a sign of you fall into a certain segment of the runner world if you wear that as like a marker of a thing, a signaling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that being like the same thing where I'd love them wearing like a tra- U.S. track and field jacket, right? Yeah. Saying like I, you know, I I was a part of this at one point in time, yeah. and I might not still be like actively competitive or whatever, but I'm I'm like a real supporter of this thing because I was like an active member of like this act that we were all going for here yeah. um that's that's the idea but i will say to your point about creating better engagement with the front of the field i think there's really some interesting things like the 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 idea that i always really thought would be great is you know imagine like when hbo has like a boxing match and they have like two fighters and they have a documentary series tracking the journey of those two fighters mm-hmm. into right. the ring right. right that i think is really interesting um there was once this like really low budget documentary, like five thousand feet to five thousand meters to greatness. It followed like um, the top contenders for the men's five thousand meter uh, uh, race at the U.S. Olympic trials. I remember that, right? Yeah, and it was like pretty rough was and it, ready. Was it like Goucher and no? Um, was it, it was. It was Matt Lane was one of them. Okay, um, and it was Louis. Uh, no, it wasn't Louis Lachini. Uh, it was a, yeah, it okay. was a, it was a, that that right. general right. Uh, time yep. period, but then like it just sort of followed them for the run up to the trials. And I got to say that when they actually showed the trials race, every single move that happened in that race carried way 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 more meaning sure. than yeah. if you just watched a bunch of random people running. But like, don't, yeah. don't they do like some they try? Of that? They do it on, in the immediate run up to the race itself. Yeah. That's pretty quick to create an emotional engagement. Yeah, in my as mind you're actually someone. watching it live on TV, they'll do some sort of right. like quick backstory. It's like when you watch the Olympics and it's right. like here's this tiny little snapshot of who this person is and what their journey's been like and what their challenges are. But there isn't, and that's a big piece of creating that fanfare, right? right. And it's. It's chicken or the egg. It's like we don't have the funding to do it, and maybe there's the interest to do it, but not the funding to do it. So how do you how, like which one kind of comes yeah. first in telling those stories better? I mean, maybe this is a piece for Pace the Nation, right? We've got Trials <laughs> yeah. Fever. Yeah. We just created a tab yeah. on Run Washington yeah. website. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, <laughs> I, I think that's really 
I think that's what is lost in our sport is the story of right. of and we so that's why people get so excited like when they start to read about who the athletes are and what their journey's been like and um, how they've gotten to this point. Um, I've for, always I've always struggled just big picture with the difference between um, the track and field trials and the um, Olympic trials in the marathon. Just being a track and field athlete, it when they when they only take thirty of us and then they take five hundred plus women into <laughs> She's the marathon. She's more elite than the rest. <laughs> of well, us. I, I, and I'm just and that is me a little bit on my like. It is a very different feeling, right? Yeah. And so to be one of thirty as opposed to it's one of five hundred, it's more exclusive yeah. to make the the, the five k totally. than it is to make the yeah. women's. So part of me is like, I don't want to dumb down the eliteness of what it means to be making the marathon trials or the the, uh, the track and field trials, um, because at the end of the day, there's still only three spots in the marathon, and then there's three spots in the five k, um, and it's not to say that there's not a thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that are also running 5Ks every single day, but they have no idea who is like running on the track for the 5,000 meters. There's such a disconnect. It's really like... Well, I know There's how to so make that connection. There's so many pieces right, that yeah. are that are yeah. Okay, is, I've, I've just heard. I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> no, now. I like so it. I like there it. we go. I, I just heard about these ideas right now. So <laughs> this is all. This is all. It's all, all the brewing. focus it's grouping. Brewing. We're focus yeah. grouping yeah. right but, now. But what we do is 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 we quiz everybody at the expo. Uh, you have to pass the test. So so like. You have to watch all the videos on on the, the the elite pack, and then in order to get your race bib, you have to answer correctly about these people. That way, yep. uh, in order to run, in order to get your jacket, you have to pass the test. So not like only it. do you have to qualify, you also have to prove that you're a fan? You have to pass the test. I mean, yeah. you, you, you could do it uh, under protest. You don't have to be a fan, but you'll still be knowledgeable. So you're saying at the Boston Marathon, you have to know who... Des Linden is Molly Huddle, Jared Ward. Well, I thought this was for the the trials. Okay, the other the other way uh, we were talking about a disconnect because you have however many people five thousand people ten thousand people in the race, uh, and the you know the back of the Packers like Farley in this race (laughs) uh, have have no connection with the elite runners. Reverse the waves. (laughs) (laughs) create a physical connection yeah Yeah. so that so that i'm sure that's really gonna help (laughs) at mile 18 when molly huddle comes flying by you you're like oh i that's molly huddle yeah and she pushes you because she's trying to get through and now she's made less fans and you're and you're wearing an iron man costume and now you know who she is (laughs) i I did have i mean this is chicken costume this was like a total joke idea i don't think this is actually feasible although i think that it would improve appreciation like in track you know, I always thought people have no idea how fast these people are actually running. And it kind of mm-hmm. drives me crazy even when, like, you watch a race and they're like, well, you know, in the mile, they're basically walking right now, right? Because they're right. they're going slow they're, for them. Right. Actually, that's still really, really right, fast. Right. Yeah. That 65 thought, second quarter is still pretty fast that, what if that's you, walking for them. Yes. Well, what if you just randomly had someone come down from the stands, put them in a kit, you can kit them out, <laughs> and then just say, look, you, can, you have to run in like lane three, but you're going to start with the field. And once you get lapped, you're out, right? Like, you're going to get lapped in two laps. Like right. literally in two laps, the average person would get lapped by a professional field running a conservative race. Well, you, Less you, than two. Well, yeah, lapped. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, lapped. Yeah. But right. we, were, right. we were talking about technology earlier. I, I don't think it's necessary to, to put a physical person on the track that might affect the race. You could 
Oh, like, oh on the cast, TV. Yes. You can, I like that. Yeah, they could do like a CGI person right. at a certain pace. So you could be like, okay, now we have Chris Farley from Pacers <laughs> on the track. And, uh, you know, like like you could see where different people would be. Yeah. And, and you can even video them. Like you can have these people running like the day before as fast as they can or something like that. Yeah. I just think, you know, it's, it's just like when you watch basketball and everybody, nobody looks that tall. Except then when you actually meet a right. basketball oh, player, yeah. they are monstrous. Or you talk tall. about like how how incredibly short six foot oh, right. Allen Iverson was. Right, right, right. 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 Exactly. I mean the exactly. guy's six feet tall and he's incredibly short. Right, right. exactly. We all wish. We so anyway, it. these are just you know, half baked ideas. These all are right. the we're, we're sounds here. like we're turning the trials into a circus. Yeah, I know kind, kind of it. Um, <laughs> but I love your I like ideas because I, I think one of these is is the more creativity we have, the more something's going to stick, right? Because ultimately, we're trying to create more fans. That's yeah. what we're trying to do. I mean, they, they, they've got the race starting at noon, and it was bloody hot in L.A. because of TV. It started yeah, at noon right. in L.A. for right. TV. And that's what they're doing. And, you know, they, they're, they're trying to engage the audience, and there is a certain niche uh, group that's going to watch, but uh, there could be more for yeah. sure. I, I know how to tweak that uh, CGI idea. <laughs> Everybody, you have an app, right? So you watch the you watch the races on the on the app, and you put in your quarter time, so that the CGI through your app, the filter, oh, is augmented you, reality, yeah, is you an okay, AR? See, I like that. Yeah, yeah. an okay. AR element okay. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, get working on that, Dan. Yeah. All right, we're <laughs> we're here with Dan Yee. He's a uh, star runner in the area for uh, the dojo. Yeah. Uh, tell us about Dojo and your running group. Yeah, you, I mean, this is like just a, a, a very DIY running group that um, it started. Do it yourself. Okay, got it. Come on, Chris, come on. Yeah, if you want to keep pace with me, Chris, you yeah. just have to be <laughs> up on this here. Yeah, so it was way back in the day, like 13, 14 years ago, uh, just a group of people that I knew, we um, uh, we just started running together in the mornings and started doing a couple workouts. It was literally like three or four of us in the beginning. And we do these workouts out at Haynes Point before work. And then it just kind of cascaded and grew and grew and grew. And, you know, there was some there was an NPR story about us that sort of made us sound like crazy people. Uh, <laughs> I don't encourage people to listen to that because I think that they were like pay, trying were to paint me as an eccentric. Yeah, yeah they were, <laughs> needless to say. Um, and then and this podcast has been totally contrary. To yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, uh, yeah. And, and but then it, it just kind of grew from there. And now it's it's we have tons of folks who come out. You know, it's it's one of these things that where there's no like club fee or anything yeah. like that. It's it's just a group of people who who get together every Tuesday and Thursday out at Haynes Point to do workouts together. Um, really serious folks who are like want to get better, yeah. but like nobody's turned away, right? Like anybody who's willing to come out there and um, and and uh, go through the workouts. Like there's no cuts there's no like time standards or anything like that uh but we've had some terrific folks obviously there uh our women's team is amazing we have like a ton of women who are are just fantastic like sub three-hour marathon type women i mean it's fast a fast group right right right. i'd almost say now the women's group is more impressive than the men's Mm -hmm. group and you know uh there were no women running with us as recently as i don't know six years ago so in the last six years that's really blown up and in fact i think that that's really there's a ton of opportunity there where when i even when i go running i just see so many people 
who run who are clearly running really really hard like they're they they care about it right like they clearly look like people who care and want to get better and you know the chance to do that with in a group and with other people it really just like can take you off in a totally you know totally new stratosphere and this is just like an opportunity for people to do, to do so that. So you guys meet, you guys meet Tuesday, Thursday, yep. Haynes Point in, in the morning, early yeah, in the morning, yeah, six, yeah. six in the morning, six fifty, six fifty yeah. in the morning. There's yeah. a six fifty in the morning now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Docs is two, three hours from being awake at that point. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, men, women, and yeah. and people who really want to get faster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so yeah. it's a it's a really cool group. Uh, is there a website for that? Where where can they find it? Yeah, if you just look up Dojo of Pain Dojo on, of Pain. on uh, Google. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I, I like to th- say that that's uh, it's it's because Dojo of Fun was already taken, but Dojo <laughs> of Pain. If you look that up, you'll you'll find it. All right, we got just another couple minutes with you, and I know you got to get to some. Thank you so much for your time. I, I, I had a list of things we want to get to, but we'll, we'll only get to the last one here. Really, uh, you're you know when there is a new piece of running gear out, he's my guy to go to. <laughs> So tell me what your favorite latest and greatest piece of running gear that our audience should know about. I think, so I was thinking about this, and I think that one of the things I'm really excited about, I don't know if, if maybe Julie's tried this, uh, ketone, have you tried ketone stuff? Really? Like ketone, ketone is like oh, fascinating. Have you heard of it? It's like a based on like a DARPA research project, right? Wow. And like DARPA, uh, for those who don't know, it's like basically the, the, the lab of the military really? who tries yeah. to come up with all these ways wow. of improving military performance. One of their research projects was around how do we increase the endurance of soldiers who are like out there in the field? So if somebody is stuck somewhere and they have to march out for three straight days and they have to get somewhere very, very quickly, uh, what can we do to enhance that? And they had this idea of like ingesting ketone beverage or ketone liquids. And ketones basically trick your body into thinking it's in a starvation state. So the consequence of that is it's willing to burn the house down to like get you energy. So instead of like just limiting your fat burning and limiting yourself to fat burning and, and like uh, glycogen burning, it will burn everything, like muscle muscle, and everything. Not good to do on a normal basis, obviously, right. but great to do in when a race. In sur- gotcha. It doesn't taste very pleasant, but I think it's kind of like a really interesting like uh, thought on how do you optimize race day performance okay um so that's i would say that's that's one of the things i've been like really really interested in hmm. um obviously have i think you tried it yet i yeah 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 and and I, again doesn't taste good but yeah. you know uh some people have uh, like it some people don't like it like some people think this is like uh like the magic bullet and other people are like oh it made me feel really weird well so. there's lots of products out there that don't taste great but what it does for you is fantastic right. so it's yeah. like you know you're obviously just going to do it so that you can have a good performance, yeah. right? Yeah. As long as there's grape flavor, I'm in. Grape, grape, jam. I'm a bubblegum kind of girl. Yeah. All right, and then <laughs> and then finally back to your injury. That's a good. Oh, yeah. That's a good. We'll have to get them on again for more. Uh, some when we have more time about. Uh, some of the accessories and gear and stuff that's out there because he really does dive deep into that. Um, so. Um, your injury. Um, you're on crutches now. On crutches. Um, one of the questions I had here is what should you do when a thousand people see you on crutches and ask, Oh, what happened? Yeah. You know, I, I just, it's amazing how this, it comes up all the time, right? Like if people see you on crutches, I, I, they want to be nice and they ask and it just gets kind of exhausting to say the same thing every Mm -hmm. time. My latest thing has been like, I'll, I'll sidle up to people and say like, 
Uh, well, I had knee surgery, but don't worry. It was cosmetic. I did it to make my <laughs> knee look 20 years younger. And then, but just don't tell but anybody just dead, else. Deadpan. Right. <laughs> yeah. Deadpan and, not, and, and don't act like you're joking. And, and, yeah. and in, in some ways, that's true, right? Yeah. Like I'm trying to rejuvenate my knee now. <laughs> yeah, that so. first doctor said, nah, don't do anything. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was basically cosmetic. Yeah. yeah. You're no better than a uh, celebrity in LA, Dan. <laughs> but you know, I, I will say the one last thing about the, the knee thing is that like at the end of the day, you know, it no matter what happens, like, I didn't really feel like I was ever going to get back to being able to run at the level I was before. Like, I don't think that's realistic, mm-hmm. really, to think about that. But, like, when I was running as, a, like, a training at my, when I was at my my relative peak running, you know, 90 or 100 miles a week, I, I once asked myself, like, how many miles would I run if there was no such thing as a race, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you couldn't actually compete with anyone, like the concept of racing or competition didn't exist. And I think that number would have been about 30 miles. Hmm. Like I would run 30 miles just to feel what it's like to be outside, to sure. be moving, et cetera, like et cetera. I mean, that means the other 70 miles was fueled surely by hate and <laughs> purely by like, like, yeah, you know, see, now we're right, getting to the core right, of it. Right. Okay. But 30 miles was fueled by a true deep love of yeah. the inherent Just getting act out, of do- running. out the door. And so right? now, right. And so now I've, I've sort of, I'm, I'm also 39. I also am at the point where I'm like, look, I'm not really gonna run any of my prs at this point i i accept that if you're jen jen that's a different story but but yeah right but um but you know given that that's i knew that that was the case it was actually not too hard to think okay i'm gonna go through this year of just slogging through this rehab and at the end of the the day the light at the end of the tunnel is i'm gonna be able to go out and run like five miles a day for like five, six days a week. And that yes. would be great. That would be like an amazing outcome for me. Um, and I'm like 100% at peace with that. Um, and I know that that's like a huge mental shift that people have to make. But for me, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't too bad once I... I'm glad I did that thought experiment though way back, like when I was it's, in the middle. It's very of it. interesting that you that you quantified your your running like that, like percentage wise and everything like that. Oh, I think I've about never, that. All, I've yeah. never heard anybody break down running like that, but that's mm-hmm. awesome. Or be yeah. as thoughtful as that yeah. too, because I think most of us just kind of go through it and then try to justify it on the back end. <laughs> um, I know that's from my experience, but um, I think that's a a really and all of us are obviously very hopeful for you, but that would be a huge blessing, right? Yeah. Just to be on the other side, just to be able to say, hey, I can still go out the door and enjoy running, and maybe it's not as specifically purposeful as it once was, right. but that you can still gain so much from that experience yeah. and still share it with your friends and right. your loved ones and do the things that you want to do. Right, yeah, totally. That's exactly right, yeah. All right, he's Dan Yee. He is uh, his in his professional life. He's the senior counsel for innovation at the DOJ. Uh, you're also an adjunct professor at Georgetown, so you got the Georgetown yeah. connection there. Um, he runs for Dojo. Uh, you can find Dojo, Dojo of Pain. Check them out. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. it's fun. Go go run with them, even though it's Dojo of Pain. Like you said, Dojo of Fun was taken. Uh, running. Legend, local running legend. <laughs> Good luck with recovery, man. Thank hey, you so thank much you. for joining us. And thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for being such a big fan of the show. We got a lot more we got to get into the next time you're on. All right, absolutely. All yeah, right. have fun at trials. All right, man. Th- thank you so much. All right, that's Dan Yee. He joined us here on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Dan Yee for joining us. 
He is from the Dojo, the running club. Go search for Dojo, uh, Dojo of Pain. Farley, do you know what a dojo is? It's from something from like um, a uh, the Karate Kid movie. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I so, mean, that, so dojo is a word. So dojo of pain seems like it would be the the appropriate yeah title, not just dojo, right? Dojo of pain. Okay, yeah. so dojo of pain. Uh, so uh, it, can you explain to me what a dojo is? I know the reference. What's well, like uh, from a, the karate? I kid. think the dojo is 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 either the group that you do karate with, or okay. or, or it's the place where you go. Mm, I, don't, I don't know if okay. it's a physical location or if or if it just if it's like a gander. Got it. Okay. Um, we just took some wacky pictures with Dan. Hopefully, some of those will make social media. Uh, but thanks again to Dan. He just fingers you know, <laughs> crossed that Megan likes us. So, uh, she. Uh, he just uh, mentioned to me that uh, he grew up in the area, in the Alexandria area, and before uh, my family owned the store, he went and applied for a job at Pacers of Alexandria and didn't get the job. Really? <laughs> Did not get, I know. Who's in so, charge of hiring? Uh, seriously, the guy is pretty accomplished and obviously into running. No wonder No <laughs> wonder they, they, ha- they were in a position they were forced to sell. <laughs> A series of yeah. bad decisions. <laughs> I know. So uh, he never got that job. But Dan, if you want to work for us now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're certainly uh, hiring. Um, you'll probably have to take pay cut, but uh, we're definitely mm-hmm. hiring. All right. Um, you, we, we've mentioned it uh, at nauseum that we will be in Atlanta next week. Uh, thank you to Brooks. Uh, excited to be there. We've got a, a lineup of guests uh, for Friday at 4 p.m. Is this a surprise or are we going to tell people who the guests are? Well, I don't know. Should we tell people who the guests are? Yeah, because we, we do have them are we trying up. to okay. like? Are, are we trying okay. to get some hype going no, here? Are we going to do the old scavenger hunt fit? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? When you say let people know who the guests are, you mean you and me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know anything about this trip. I got a plane ticket today. Well, you know that's, you're in that's the American That's how exciting hotel. it is. Now, I didn't know the answer to the question of where we were staying until we were recording. I know. We yeah. need to do like six more shows between now and then so, so I can, can find out what's details. going on. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the only time Farley tells me anything. Yeah. All right. That's a good point. I like, I like um, building up the show, uh, letting mm-hmm. people know who we're going to have. Uh, so we've got a, a number of guests scheduled to join us, five scheduled, and there's could be many more. We're, we think surprise we're gonna do, guests. F- yeah, there definitely could be some f- surprise guests. They'd like us to go for an hour and a half to two hours, so hopefully you guys can do that. Um, well, then why are we doing guests? <laughs> yeah, because the three of us could Because the three of us take up an hour and a half that's, that's a good point. without a guest, um, so we don't shut but, up. <laughs> But the five scheduled guests are Steve DeCoker, who is putting on the event. Uh, he put he is a, the marketing manager for Brooks, so he'll be helping put on the event, and he's the one who uh, has helped us organize this entire podcast with uh, Brooks and the Olympic trials. So excited to have Steve, uh, marketing manager for Brooks, uh, Brian Sell. Uh, Olympian. Uh oh, are you going to do the old goatee thing again? You're going to grow it out. <laughs> yeah. Who ran in the flashback to what year was that? 2008. He ran in the 2008 Beijing Olympics, and he did a uh, event with Pacers. Maybe the following uh, summer. Yeah, it was probably like 2009, 2010, uh, where we had a goatee 
contest and or I'm sorry, a mustache contest because he's contest. famous for his mustache. mustache. Yeah. So Brian Sell will join us, Brooks, uh, former Brooks athlete. Also, uh, a couple of athletes who are in the Brooks ID program. Uh, Adam Dalton, uh, he's a uh, an accomplished guitarist. He also qualified for the Olympic trials, uh, running for Brooks. He's going to join us. Julie Stackhouse, she's got her own business, her own fitness business, uh, and also an interesting story about her return to running. She's going to join us. And then finally, the CEO of Brooks, Jim Weber, will be joining us. So, um, wow. All the other guests, uh, you guys can kind of blow off, but make sure you're ready for Jim Weber and look presentable and, uh, you know, wear some Brooks gear, please. I don't know why you're asking us to do that. Cause you're probably going to dominate the whole conversation <laughs> know, anyway. <laughs> so we've got a, we've got an exciting lineup, uh, for Atlanta. Uh, and, and, you know, who knows who else we'll, we'll, we'll have, but those are the right. five, five scheduled guests. And who will cancel on us? Um, <laughs> so, uh, we'll be in Atlanta, the Olympic trials, uh, marathon trials, uh, on February 29th, Saturday, February 29th at noon. Uh, definitely tune in. Um, a big name won't be running. Uh, Olympian, I think two-time Olympian, Amy Craig, uh, has just uh, come out and said that she is not going to be running. So it's going to be a, you know, we haven't made our prediction on who's going to make the team yet, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be a whole new team on the women's side. No Amy Craig, no Shalane Flanagan, um, you know, what about Des? Who, who knows where Des Brooks athlete Des Linden's going to be? But um, I think we're going to see a lot so of. It might new not faces. be a whole new team. Well, that's that's a good point. But at least two of the, yeah. two of them won't be back. Yep. So uh, that that is uh, news. Although I guess you said we we hadn't seen much from from Amy. Uh, she's been maybe sick, and that's the reason why she's pulling out. Yeah, I think she pulled out of Chicago this past fall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a shame because she's obviously a superstar. She yeah. made the 10K team in okay. 2012, and she made the marathon team in 2016. So this well, she won the trials in 2016, that's didn't right. she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In L.A., that's right. So Amy Craig will not be competing. Um, yeah, so again, we'll make our predictions next week. But uh, on the men's side, um, you know, we just talked to Dan about, you know, having an emotional connection to the athletes. Okay. And it's so true. Like I've got an emotional kid. I'm really rooting for Jared Ward. I'm really rooting for uh, Parker Stinson, uh, really rooting for all the Charlie bands athletes because all the not, local not runners, local trials, fever athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're Charlie's athletes, but right. Uh, because we do have that, uh, pace the nation connection to, to all those folks. Yeah. If you haven't been on pace, the nation, I hope you don't do well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, unless you run for Brooks and then we will root for you cause you guys are, uh, getting us out there. If you want me to root for you, come up, come to the stage on Friday, <laughs> yeah, yep. get on the show for get, two minutes, get an emotional connection. Yeah. With Docs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll give our official predictions next week. Uh, that'll be fun. All right, another big marathon in the news. Uh, the Tokyo Marathon. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, want to sign up for that? <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, you're not going to be able to sign up for the Tokyo Marathon because of the coronial. Uh, I'm sorry, the coronavirus. The colonial virus. <laughs> the corona. The coronavirus will be canceling the uh, Tokyo Marathon for everybody except, except for, for the elites. elites. Yeah. And this is a crazy, That's huge a big deal. Story. Big because deal. This, this is one of the major marathons. Yep. One of the major marathons. Uh, the 20, they just uh, confirmed the, in a statement, the Tokyo Marathon confirmed that they cannot uh, do the event as, as the, within the scale they originally anticipated uh, due to the cases of coronavirus in Tokyo. They will have the elites still compete 
and I think that's uh, 200 runners or less. So it's just going to be 200 uh, some odd runners. For and it's crazy Tokyo. because they're going to keep the same course. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, so exactly. they've got all the permits. They're going to shut the whole city down. They're going to shut everything down. I guess they can like start people. opening things up sooner though. Yeah. Yep. If if there's only that few people. Yep. Uh, the the event was due to take place the day after the Olympic um, trials, so March first, and or uh, the the thirtieth of February. <laughs> no such thing. We just keep adding days to February. <laughs> yeah. So Tw- there used to not be a 29th, but now there's a 29th this year. So uh, that's that's ne- well, every four years there's a 29th. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just breaking news here on Face the Nation. <laughs> um, so, uh, but in in all seriousness, it's a really sad uh, situation, a nightmare yeah. situation for Tokyo, who next week won't be able to uh, have have their majority of their runners compete and and it also came out that they were originally going to give them uh refunds no refunds (laughs) refunds, yeah and they're no longer doing that which uh is going to cause you know a huge huge uproar i believe but can Uh, i can i just jump in here real quick yeah uh because we we like to get caught up in in our own little sure moments and stuff like this they're doing the right thing. The coronavirus is is serious. This is right. a serious outbreak, and it needs to be taken seriously. And if you went to this race and you ran in it and you you contracted this this disease and it killed you, that would suck. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that so would be, so yeah, just a lot worse. Just than chalk not, it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, when you put it in perspective like that, I, I think people are going to be really upset not getting their money back and not being when, able to run. When my, my second year... Yeah, but I mean, when you fill out the thing, it, tell, yeah, it oh, says absolutely. like there's no refunds. So guess what? Like you signed, a, you signed up for it. No, I can empathize with Tokyo. I mean, I know, no, they've, no, already I know. Spent, they've already spent most yeah, of that but, money. Yeah, but and when you when you sign up for it, it says no no refunds and stuff like this. Like did, remember New York City got canceled a few yeah. years ago yeah. uh, in, in yeah. 2012? Julie was going to run. I race. know she yeah, was. Yeah. I know she was. But Sandy, I didn't came get through. my money back either. You didn't <laughs> pay to get in. <laughs> so this reminds me. My second year of college, I was hurt, and so for the home cross country meet, I was a marshal on the course. And at the UVA course, it crosses the road. We our our home course at that time was at a um, like a. A sports field yeah, place, park, whatever, a park. Dardentau Park, yep. Dardentau Park, there's a bunch of soccer fields. Mm-hmm. And it's a Saturday morning, and the women's race is going through, and I'm, me and, and two teammates were holding up traffic, and this lady in this minivan is trying to drive through while the runners are going through. And we're like, you got to stop. You got to stop. And she's she starts yelling at us. She's like, you are ruining my own, my whole Saturday. Right. It's like, so you're trying to kill a bunch of college runners with your minivan so because you need to get somewhere with <laughs> so your, your kids in your minivan? Like, yeah. And I always think about that, about how like wrapped up in her little bubble she was that that she she lit like if we didn't like stop her car she would have run over some women who were running by really fast like she thought it was more important for her to go through than this race to go by so i always think about her yeah no i think that's a a good analogy um i'm sorry that you lost your your race entry if you were entered into the tokyo marathon but guess what they might have saved your life yep 
It's a little bit better. Yep. So crazy. So two coronavirus stories back to back weeks here. And uh, we're also not talking about the fact that Tokyo's hosting the Olympics this summer. Maybe. Right? So maybe. I yeah. mean, there's got to be a lot of concern at this point. I didn't even point. think about that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. So this probably won't be our last coronavirus uh, topic. It won't be our last coronavirus topic, and it won't be our last Tokyo topic. That's probably true. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, you can sign up for um, uh, all our spring races right now. We've got the uh, series of St. Patty's Day races. We've got the Parkway Classic. We've got the Jersey Marathon. We've got the DC Half Marathon, which is this fall. So go to runpacers.com, sign up for a race today. Get out there. Get out there and sign up for a race today. A lot Do of it. good stuff going on. All right. Uh, we haven't gotten to the, tw- the tweets in a, in a while. Uh, you can always tweet us at Pace the Nation Docs. You can um, tell us what's happening in the uh, Twitter world. You know what else we haven't done in a while? Hmm. Is we, we haven't done a five-star feedback. Oh, yeah. So, so yep. make sure that you're going That's to true. iTunes. You're giving us five stars and you're writing a little good comment. Call. You write something good and we'll read it on the air. Yep. But not today. Yep. Good call. So we did get some feedback on Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, Gabriel Higgins wrote us and said, I listened to the most recent podcast and wanted to shed some light on the shoes banning debacle. The Alpha Fly was banned due to its midsole thickness and because it has multiple carbon plates. I believe the Vaporfly only has one carbon plate. Mm. Okay. I thought the Alpha Fly had only one carbon plate. I, I was pretty sure. I mean, this is, this will be interesting to see at the trials. Don't correct uh, our listeners. It <laughs> will be interesting to see because I believe the Alpha Fly is going to be launched at the Olympic trials. I believe. Um, so we'll see if, if, if people are allowed to run in it. Um, it's still so unclear, and so maybe he's right. I shouldn't correct. I think, I think that what he's basically telling us is we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and, and when yeah. somebody does that, and I don't know what I'm talking about, I just keep my mouth shut, That's and I say thank you advice. very much. Yeah, good advice. You have to keep talking. Right. Okay. We have another tweet from Gabriel Higgins, followed up on, on this tweet. And he says, also, I'm curious, why is chip time not accepted for the Olympic trials marathon? If Erin ran a 2.42 marathon, shouldn't she be allowed to run in the trials? In track, if you run a fastest time in the second heat, you still have a shot to win the medal. Why is it not the same for the roads? Well, in track, I don't know if that's true. That I don't know of any no, it, championship event yes, where... There was a guy, uh, uh, Hunter, Drew yeah, Hunter Drew won Hunter the, in the, the in the race. Indoor, yeah, indoors. He ran from indoor, the slow heat. Right. I, I, but I don't know any outdoor slow heat um it's there's a there's a difference and there's there's some reasons for this and i think we, we talked about this uh one of the reasons why you can't go with the chip time and why you have to go with the gun time is because if you start later you can run with pacers and it gives you an unfair advantage right that's and true they, and they the usatf can't monitor every single race and every single individual performance so they have to have a standard like that I, but I'm trying to think in the in the Olympic trials, mm-hmm. is there a slow heat where you can no, win? No, in of the Olympic heat? trials, you do the no, final. There's no, just, there's a yeah. final. I mean, the, the 10K only has that's only one one race. But you're also still heat. talking about times versus times at that spot, right? Like you're talking about two different ways of timing the race when it comes to road racing 
in track, right. the gun goes off and your time is your time. Right. Which to Dox's point, right, there's different advantages in a road race. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the I guess that's the point too, is is like uh it's not apples to apples because on the track, even if you win from the slow heat, it's still your gun time. Right. Right. Whereas uh it's not the gun time in, in this case with Aaron. That, yeah, that's true. All right. So, uh, I, I, again, we're not in the business of arguing with our listeners, but... Uh, no, know. he asked a question. Yeah. All right. So, we're just trying to fill in some, some information. Got it. Thank you. Okay. So, we also have another thread on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Loyal listener Leanne okay. at Run Wine Opine mm-hmm. is, is now uh, running with dogs for the DC Dog Runner. So, she's an who, employee of the DC Dog Runner. Who loves the underscore. Yeah. <laughs> He does, yeah. Yeah, I guess she's she's uh, and and she said a shout out to Pace Nation for making this happen because she heard him on the pod wow. a couple years back, and I guess ever since then wanted to be uh, part of the team, and and she she took the step up, and and she's part of the DC Dog Runner community. Wow, the DC Dog Runner, I got to give it to him. He's loyal. He buys all his stuff from Pacers. Mm-hmm. I mean, as big as he is, I'm not. I'm surprised he's not sponsored by some brand out there. Um, I'm sure that'll happen soon for him, but. Uh, he's a very loyal uh, Pacers customer, and uh, he's got a little nice little business going there. Yeah, uh, you still haven't run my dog for free yet for all that <laughs> we do to talk about you on the on the podcast. But uh, we're still I'm, I'm I'm still waiting on that, Brian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, run Nebraska offered to be um, my hype man or yes. woman to get on Survivor CBS. I am taking applications. Uh, funny enough, last night on 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 Survivor's episode, they they mentioned that there's they opened the casting process for this next one. So I I need to like get on top of that. I do have to say that that the next part when you say you're willing to take out other applicants, that's not okay. We, we don't need a Tanya Harding situation. Right. Uh, I, I appreciate the I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to decline on on. <laughs> On, uh, on the Gilhuli yeah. incidents. Yeah. No, uh, let's no make this a clean anybody. fight. Let's nobody. make this a clean fight. Maybe I shouldn't even use the word fight. Yeah. Don't need to take anybody's knees out. We've had uh, we've had a guest in here with knee issues. Yes. Knee, yeah. Knees, but yeah. if we do take somebody's knee out, then I guess uh, our <laughs> guest can tell them where to go. Where to go. Yes. Who, who the best guy. So just let them listen yeah. to this episode and they'll know who the best doctor is. We also got a... Um, I guess an attention our direction from Brian Knight mm-hmm. about a story that the post was uh, this woman w- who was attacked by a bear in California and had her face ripped off did a Reddit AMA, AMA Farley that means ask me anything okay and she said the worst part about the experience was dealing with her health insurance provider after the fact ooh that was the worst part of the experience yeah. <laughs> she got her face ripped off exactly so it tells you about the state of healthcare in this country do you know what the best part of the experience was getting her face ripped off i don't no, know no not having to finish the marathon <laughs> right that's true that is your dream that's uh, my d- when, <laughs> yes yeah when you're in this dan yi marathon and uh you're not you don't finish because mm-hmm. uh, a bear takes because you of the down. bear molly yeah. 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 yeah but it's it is crazy uh i mean I don't know. I, I don't know why Brian put that to our attention, but just because I'm begging to be mauled by a bear. Yes. And, and he thinks that I don't want to deal with my insurance after. Well, I think that's that what it, I mean. I understand. I understand why he, he thought this story, but Brian, I would, I'd be interested to know, uh, like 
when you CC'd us, what exactly about that story did you want I us to latch on? I just think that you, your brand, my brand is long shorts. Mm-hmm. My uh, brand, is brand, brand is Baratax. Bear attacks. <laughs> I'm not I, sure. I don't what, know what my brand is. Julie's yet. brand is yet. But, Julie's uh, brand is rolling her eyes at us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I think whenever it's like uh, that's that reaction is uh, you see a bear elicited, attack and then you just elicited. say well, I got to yeah. tell Doc yeah, about this yeah, bear attack. Yeah, okay, that's well that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I was just curious, like what what his thought was. Like if it was a hey, I'm gonna post this to Doc's so that it's kind of like a so he'll stop doing that, no. or if it was a, I'm gonna post this to Doc's because it's his brand. Yep. It's, it's, I okay. I actually dated a guy once that told me that that was the way he wanted to go. This is very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Really, he said that if he if he had to go, he wanted to go being mauled by a bear. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to talk after <laughs> this episode. I got to figure out who this person is. Oh, my God, uh, she once dated like uh, 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 Jim Carrey as well. So she's married to no. Chris Farley. And, oh no, sorry, not Jim Carrey. Who who was it? Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. she dated Will Ferrell, married mm-hmm. Chris Farley. Her type is is uh, Saturday Night Live cast members. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's your brand. brand. That's your brand. <laughs> okay. That's right. There we go. So, Docs, uh, you're on a roll here. Um, you've got a couple of rants in a row. No, uh, those aren't rants. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> you what do you got? What do you got for us th- this week? Oh, for the rant of the yes, week. Yes. Yes. Well, I want to talk about Survivor, which is so weird that you you blew Brought that up, up early on. Yep. Uh, I, I wonder if you looked at my notes. <laughs> I have done that in the past. You do that in the past. That's why I don't tell you. But then yeah. it's this is this yep. is the the issue because it, it is probably the greatest season ever of Survivor. They've only done two nights. The premiere was last week. It was mm-hmm. two hours. Last night's episode was a one hour episode. It's like we said in the intro. They are bringing back. 20 people that won Survivor. It's the 40th season, so they've had like 38 winners. So it's kind of a little bit weird that some people were left off the the uh, the cast, which is something to talk about, but that conversation doesn't go very far because this is the greatest season ever. It's so freaking good. And my my rant is is that... I think every episode should be two hours this season, mm. and I think it should be on every night. Mm. It's just that it's just that ridiculously good. Well, I think the Bachelor is they they were at one hour, and now they've just gone to two hours. I'm surprised Survivor has Survivor it. needs to up it up. Is, I mean, it, is it is it only an hour? It's each episode's only an hour. Yeah, wow. it's indicative of the state of our nation right now that Bachelor is on for like two to three hour episodes <laughs> on multiple know. nights, and Survivor's on for like an hour. An hour so, yeah. Survivor is this good? I'm telling you, it's it's just so good. I told my family that I'll be really mad if I die before the season is over. <laughs> that will really get me upset. Yeah, if I die before the season's over. That'll hurt our podcast too. Yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, those are the things that we think about if you die an early death. Mm-hmm. The podcast will have a hard time going on. And survive. You'll have missed out on the survivor. Well, I, yeah, I won't have. Like, I won't know who wins this season, which is which is unfortunate. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll be really upset if I die before this season. I, I wonder these people who have been there. I mean, it's a 20, 20 contestants or twenty okay. years of of. Well, they've I been mean, they've been on for twenty years, but they do two seasons a two year. Two seasons a year. Yeah. So so if if I won ten years ago, I probably don't look so good now. I was probably young and spry and um, fit. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you say that uh, they, they have old sc- – and the game has evolved quite a bit. Yeah. So they have a guy on who won the third season, mm-hmm. and um, he he has run the New York City Marathon. Mm. He's a two-time cancer survivor. Wow. It's amazing that he lived long enough to be back on, 
But I think that when he played, uh, I think he's only in his 40s now. Uh, and he looks great. You know, he's 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 always been, he, I think he played professional or semi-professional soccer for a bit too before he was on Survivor. He's aged well. I think I think that the woman who won the second season, she's, I want to say, late 50s, maybe 60s, hmm. and they didn't invite her back. And there was, you know, some of the preseason podcasts and stuff like that, they were talking about it. Uh, and and that's the speculation is why she didn't come in is because she's she was like in her 40s 20 years ago. So she's they think that she right. might be a little bit too old for it. Yeah. But the um, some of the people that won – you know, in that old school group were very young. We're in their 20s when they won. Right. So, I mean, they don't look like they did when they were kids, but they're still, they they, they cast it really well. Everybody is is uh, able to do everything. All right. Well, I'm, I'm interested. Um, it's so good. I, I'm telling you, you, it's so good. And I don't know if it's so, like the first episode, I was nervous watching it. Mm-hmm. I've never been nervous watching an episode of the TV show he was before. Nervous watching. Yes, it. I was nervous watching it because I was oh. like, "Who's going to be the first one voted out?" I don't know if you would like appreciate the season as much if you didn't have the backstory. No, it's like probably not. it's like Dan Yee was talking about. You know, I've seen all of the the hype videos for all of these people going into this season. Right. So you're, you're so emotionally so I'm, I'm emotionally invested yep. in this season. All right, Docs, you did a good sell job uh, for Survivor. Uh, I think I'm probably more likely to watch Survivor than you to watch The Bachelor. I won't watch The Bachelor. I think I think you yeah. sold us better than we sold you on The Bachelor. Yeah, and and now it's time. Well, I need to do my taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I do my taxes, then I can focus 100% effort into an application video to okay. be on Survivor. All right. You're gonna have a busy summer, the Survivor, and then you got to get ready for the election. So a lot yeah. going on in the docs. <laughs> so, man. Yeah. Well, I like to compartmentalize everything. <laughs> yeah. So the taxes, <laughs> and then this, and then this. I do have an, another story. I forgot that right. this this was gonna be my opening story. All right. I opened my water That's bill right. this month. Yes. L- like this weekend, I opened it, and it was over three times higher than it usually is. Wow. And for half that time, I was gone. And when I'm gone, I shut my water off. So I called the water company. And I, I have to say this. like I, I probably spend 60 to 70% of my day talking to people on the phone, you know, like right. calling the, the help desk or calling the, the front line. Everybody is so incompetent on the phone. <laughs> the, the water company, the lady I talked to, very knowledgeable, very helpful, understood everything, great conversation. She didn't tell me everything I wanted to hear, but it was a, a good said, experience calling do them. Do you have a leak? And then he goes, oh, yeah, I didn't check that. And he goes back and there's probably like standing water two feet in, in his basement or something <laughs> like, like that. What, oh, I can't, I <laughs> what? I can't hear you over the water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My phone. How dare you charge me as he like yeah. swimming no, laps in his basement? I suspected when I called them, I suspected either faulty faulty reading or or there's an out, outside leak that the pipe to the house is broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the because because I had my water shut off already, and when I mentioned this to this lady, usually like my my expectation was like that she would just stick to the script. You call these people, they stick to the yeah. script, and and if you tell them, okay, well, I already checked this, they don't know how to handle that. Uh, when I told her that, and I, she put me on hold for a second, she came back and she was like, well, when were you gone? Because this is the date that we did a reading. We It, it flagged us that your consumption was higher than normal. So we went out and we did a reading on this day and confirmed the equipment already. So like they they had already taken some proactive steps. My one complaint about this is on their end, 
they they flagged it on their end and checked their equipment because the the cycle time for these water bills is three months you know you you have a leak in that first week after one week that's three months of just dumping water into the yard right they had a trigger on their end that that made them go out and say oh the consumption's too high they couldn't knock on my door or send me a letter or call me you know maybe they did call you and you weren't there it's called a cell phone julie (laughs) i'm i'm always there uh, so I, I mean, but I, again, it was a good experience talking to them, except that I made an appointment with them to come back out and check things out before we start digging things up and they haven't followed up on that. So I got to call them tomorrow. This is going to be extremely expensive to fix because I'm positive that the pipe is, is, is busted outside. All right. Uh, we, we need uh, stay tuned. Uh, we need an update on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, yeah, this won't be the last time we hear about this. Yeah. The other thing I will say, anybody who's been to my house, which is very few of you, uh, maybe people know the story. My house is, is off the street. It's behind somebody else's house. My water pipe runs down my neighbor's driveway. Oh. So they are hosed if I have to dig everything up. Yeah. If I have to dig that pipe and up. And then you got to repave their driveway. I have to I have to do yes. So like the worst thing about pay you know the worst thing about this is is paying for it, right? But then if you have to get a new driveway then you're like, well, you know, best case scenario, I, I got a new driveway. After all this is over, if I have to dig this whole thing up, I'm going to buy my neighbors a new driveway. This <laughs> <laughs> sucks. You are totally hosed. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is Get just, it just, yeah, it's a water joke. Yeah, good it's job, a good, good water yeah. joke. Yeah. So anyway, stay tuned for this exciting Three information. Three rants for the price of one. Yeah. So yeah. this won't be the last time we hear about yeah. Tokyo, right. the coronavirus, <laughs> or Dox's water bill. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? Unless you guys want to buy my house, <laughs> make this <laughs> your sounds problem. like a yeah. great proposition. We'll, we'll go home a- and talk about it. Okay. One last thing, got a message from former guest Dr. Beck. Uh-huh. Uh, he wanted to get in con- connection with Charlie Band because uh, he said that some of his patients had trials fever. <laughs> and so they, <laughs> I mean, yeah. do you think he was being uh, serious? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, for a second, I, I, gave, I gave him his email address. Yeah. But pretty well, good I don't know Dr. why Beck. people are going to him for a fever because he's a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, also, I feel like I feel like getting in touch with Charlie is the worst thing. He he is a carrier of this trials fever. Yeah, that's true. Like <laughs> the last thing keep, you want to do is be in contact with him. It. Yeah. All right, great show, guys. Thank you. Um, thank you to our guest Dan Yee for joining us. Thank you today on the podcast. Uh, we'll hear from Dan again in the future. Uh, we got to get some updates, and I had a whole list of things that I need to go over with Dan. It a was whole, a long uh, list. Gen, yeah, agenda items that we'll we'll get to him on next time. Uh, his running club is Dojo of Pain, so check them out. Uh, so thanks to Dan Yee. We'll be in Atlanta next week. We've said it over and over again. So looking forward to seeing some of you guys in Atlanta. On Friday the 28th at 4 o'clock, uh, details on Twitter and some other and means of social media soon. And are we going out for a drink on, yes. on Wednesday night, Thursday night? Thursday night, night. Thursday night. yeah. Okay, so, so the Pace the Nation happy hour is Thursday night. Thursday night, yep, in Atlanta. All right, for Docs and Julie, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week.
the opportunity to do post-show Easter eggs is gone because both <laughs> Farley and Julie ran out <laughs> during during the song. Farley's in the hallway, so he's here. He can hear me, but he's shouting at me. The best thing is Farley left his wallet sitting right here on the table. I'll let him find out when he listens to the show. You always no, like I, I we say, mess uh, with no. them, man. Do you uh, ever mess with them? No. Um, but <laughs> but for, first, I really want to talk about. I want to talk about the injury and kind of yeah. like, and, I, and I'm interested in the story how you yeah. s- sought out that that surgeon. So I want to ask, yeah. uh, talk about that. I'm starting to think that you just bring people on the show that relate to <laughs> your obsession with yeah. running. <laughs> that are like do. all the gu- guests do. recently are like obsessed yeah. with running the same way. So you're like, yeah. tell me how Pretty hard much. it is because yeah. like yeah. you're like me. Pretty much. Um, that was that. That was good. You should save that for the show. Yeah, yeah was, what a waste yeah, of material. Yeah, Seriously, that was a good. I'm eating this. I I got a vegan cookie. What is the f- point? <laughs>